0: Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side Amen. while he sent the multitudes away. Notice this. This is something important in this verse 22. It says, Jesus made his disciples. Now we know that God cannot violate our will. We know that God gives us the ability to choose. But let's be honest, there's sometimes he locks all the doors and only gives us one choice he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away, verse 23. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now the evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by waves, for the wind was contrary. That's a fancy way of saying they were Resi- they, were, they were facing resistance, opposition. It wasn't easy. It wasn't a pleasure cruise. They won the love boat. They were, they were facing something that was against them. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, Is it a ghost? And they cried out in fear. Now, what was interesting in this, I want to read this. Now, there's multiple places that this story is given. Now, Matthew is where we're going to stay today, but I want to tell you a part in verse number six of, I mean, of Mark's version of the story that I think is very important. Because Matthew says in verse 24, but the boat was now in the middle, it was tossed in the waves, so the wind was contrary. Now Jesus came walking, and what the disciples saw him was a ghost. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is, I do not be afraid. Now that is, that's sort of telling the story, but it's not telling all the story. Mark gives us a different version. Mark chapter 6, verse 46. And when he slipped it away, he departed the mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea. He was on the, he was on, alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. So we know it's the same story, same circumstances. And the fourth watch of the night, he came by walking on the sea. And then this is the part of Mark that jumps out at me. And would have passed them by. Ho! wait a minute. I want you to grasp this for a second. Because the understanding that most of us have of Jesus, and the most the understanding that most of us have is of a loving Savior who does everything He can, and that is absolutely correct. He is a loving Savior, and He does everything He can. However, there's got to be a response in your heart. There's got to be something in you. God cannot force Himself on anyone. God cannot take you from where you are to where you want to go just because. There's got to be a hunger in your heart. There's got to be something that gets in you. It can't just simply be, oh, because the preacher told me. Or it can't simply be be because we just sang a good song and it felt good. And so, boy, I'm inspired now, Brother Jenny. I feel the emotion of the moment. I'm ready to go because emotion can only take you so far. All of you that were fans of the Eagles, all of you were fans of the Patriots, all of you were fans of any other team over the last number of years that have won the Super Bowl, you're high on Sunday, but let's be honest, when the parade settles and the confetti gets swept up, your emotions go down. And by next year, when they hit the field and your team loses, that same joy may not be there. So the emotion of it would have passed him by. I don't get this verse from our mentality of how we view God. What do you mean he would have passed them by? That doesn't make sense. I mean, that just sounds cruel, doesn't it? I mean, let's, let's just, let's, here I am today, right? Here's me. And I, I've, I've come here today. You know, my life is difficult. I'm going through some stuff, okay? It ain't easy. I'm I'm being battered, you know. Things are going crazy. My boss is going nuts. Everything's happening. I can so I come, right? I come to church. I come to gather together here together. And I'm sitting here, and I'm like, and I kind of have that that sort of that poor me, you know. You can see it on people, sort of like that. Tilting of the head is like that universal signal of poor me. And they sit there. How are you doing? Well, you know, bless God, I'm here. How's your life going? Well, it's hard, but, you know, it's just my cross to bear. I'm going to make it. And so we do that. Why? Because let's be honest, okay? Some of us just want attention. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. We like it. And the reason why I know I like it, because when you don't have drama, you create drama, because drama brings attention. Joel Wright, chapter 1, verse 3. So, let's be honest. Some do it because they just like attention. They just want attention. They want everybody to come around and then pat them on the back and, oh, you know, you're just, your husband's so mean, your kids are so crazy, I feel so bad for you. And, oh, know. I don't know what to do. But, but, take those people over here. That's another message for another day. Sincere. You're legit today. I mean, it's, it's, it's not easy. I mean, it's one thing when you go through something and and you sort of know uh, that, uh, that you brought it on yourself, right? Come on, let's be honest. We all make mistakes. We all do, forget my language, dumb stuff. You can't blame it on anybody else. You're just dumb. The devil didn't make you do it, you just were dumb. But it's another category when you know God put you in that situation. That's tougher. When you when you when you go to point fingers and you're like, I'm pointing. I don't want you to see it, but I'm pointing at you. This was a disciple. So this is that moment, right? You come. It's like, man, life is difficult. Trying to, we really want to worship. You really do, but it's just like, man, I don't know. I don't have it today. You would think. You would think this loving Savior would see that and would come. And respond to me. And would say, Joel, let me help you. I want to help you. I want, you to, I want to take this from you. I want, I want this burden to be lifted off. And be like, yes, God, take it, take it, take it. And you know what? There is There is times he does that. I will say that. However, this scripture tells me that there are times that doesn't happen. That there are times I feel that way. And I'm, I'm here. And he comes and enters into this place. And his presence is here. There's no argument to the fact. What you felt here a few minutes ago was not emotion. That's the presence of God. But he's here. He's walking by. And he knows I'm here. But yet there are times, Brother Bailey, he will choose to pass me by. Whoa. scares me to death that he would choose to walk by me that doesn't seem right that doesn't seem fair that seems like it's cruel doesn't he know where I'm at doesn't he see where I am hello he said he saw them toiling in the waves that were against them. he saw where they were so the question today is not does God see where you're at he knows where you are it's not, well, you know, how, how many of you ever felt that way? You felt alone. And you've had that, I mean, honestly, I've had that thought. Don't tell them this, but I'll tell you. I've had that thought. Does God even know where I'm at? Seriously. I've actually said that out loud. God, yo, do you even know where I'm at? Are you, and I have I, 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 I've, I've, I've worked through the forgiveness process with this, so I'm not recommending this. But I said, hey, God, I mean, hello, are you busy? Have you... I mean, like, uh, hello, do you not see I'm down here? And my life is just hell. Hell. Just miserable, right? Does he not see it? Can I tell you this? He does see it. Well, then that puts us in a predicament. Because my life is going the way it is and he sees it. Shouldn't he come with his rescuing army on a rescue mission and take me out of this thing so my life can be easy and smooth and blessed? So then I have to question, well then, here's the problem. Here's what happens. Then we get to the whole idea. See, I knew God doesn't love me. I knew I'm just too messed up. I'm just too, too flawed. I can't do it. I just can't do it. See? I don't even why I come together anymore. I don't know why I go to, to, to Sunday worship. I don't know why I go to small group. I'm messed up. God doesn't love me because look where I'm at. And look, God doesn't even recognize I'm here. He does know where you are. And there are times He puts you where you are. Hello? There are sometimes He puts you where you are. Sometimes God puts you in the hell you're living in. Hello? Hello? Not everything with Jesus is sunshine, blue skies, and... Perfect weather. Sometimes he brings some little lightning and some storm and some rain. I know that's not what they tell you on TV. I'm just telling you what the book says. Yes, exactly. Brother John Lee said it. Go back. Some wilderness times, some desert times, some caves. Come on, come on, David's like I'm gonna be a king. Next thing you know, he's running a cave because he's trying to keep stay alive. So that God puts it like, okay, if that's the case, then certainly, if He knows where I'm at, He's certainly going to come help me. And then He doesn't help me. And then it's like, okay, did God not love me? Am I broken? Am I too flawed? But this verse tells us something extremely important. It said, He saw where they are and have, would have passed them by. I wonder how many times We gather together and the presence of God is with us. And God comes in and moves. And He just walks in the midst of us. But yet we're so passive and we're waiting for God to come put it in our lap that we sit there and notice what kept them from calling out. It was fear because they already knew the outcome. They had already determined in their mind the expected outcome. Come on, some of you know. Well, I know if I do that, it's going to be the same old thing again. It's gonna same things that happen again. Why even pray? Because I'm gonna get the same results. I pray for this thing 47 times and on the 48th time. But hey, you know what? You may be one prayer away. This may be the day. You say, Well, you're just telling me that you don't know that and I don't know that, so why not give God a chance? This may be the day. I've told this story. And I'll tell it again. There was a man who got in an accident. He was in Texas. I can't remember the name of the town. I heard the story years ago. I can't remember all the details of it. But there was a man in Texas. Some of you have heard me tell this testimony before. There was a man in Texas. He had gotten in an accident when he was younger. Lost the use of his legs. Became a pretty successful farmer. They equipped his tractor His tractor with, a, with the ability to... to Operate it without the use of his legs, and so he was able to do that. And he had someone help him get off, get up and down off the tractor. And he was actually pretty successful. But he would go to, he would come to, 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 to a gathering every every week. Every week, and it doesn't matter by the How many times he had prayed? Every time they asked for prayer, he'd raise his hands. What do you want prayer for, brother? God's going to heal me. They prayed. I imagine the first few times they prayed, they really believed it was going to happen. Yes, come out. I don't know what. I don't know what is about that that gives us more faith, but we try. You can't just say Jesus. It's Jesus, come out of that chair, because we know we're more anointed when we do that. But they probably did the first few times. The problem was, it didn't happen, and so I believe it was for 18 years. I think the number was 18. It didn't matter if it was a normal gathering. It didn't matter if it was a ladies' prayer brunch. It didn't matter if they were making uh, tacos in the back of the kitchen. Anytime there was prayer, he said, I want to get prayed for. I want prayer. And so actually it was sad. It eventually It became a joke. It'd be like, you know, kids. Kids are just kids and I'm... Not saying they're the bad, just kids being kids, you know, the young kids in the church, the teenagers in the church, they would it became sort of the joke. Oh, oh, let's see how long it takes for brother so-and-so to come up and, and ask a prayer. Here it comes. See, I knew it was gonna be on the first song, oh no, I, I knew it was gonna be the second song. And it's like this whole joke. Eighteen years. After 18 years, people stopped believing. Except he didn't stop believing. 18 years one Sunday he came to church he's sitting there same old things playing out, he's waiting for his time to get his prayer to be healed he's sitting there and all of a sudden he hears someone say, get up he turned around and said, excuse me they said, we didn't say anything he said, someone just told me to get up they said, we didn't say anything a few more minutes later, I said, get up. Okay, who said that? we didn't say anything. Third time. It was like almost like the Samuel story. Third time. Get up. Okay, who's messing with me? They're like, sir, I'm telling you, we haven't said a thing. So finally he figured, well... Actually, God made, you know, it's amazing how many times God has to get through our thick skulls. Good Lord. Finally, he hears this word get up. It's like a very spiritual moment. God, is that you? Get up. 18 years. He didn't wake up knowing that was going to be the day. He just woke up with faith that it could be the day. Wasn't the day last week. Wasn't the day last year. Wasn't day year 15, day year 12, day year 10. But today could be the day. Grabbed himself and he went like this. Well, the ushers thought he was struggling and kind of adjusting himself. They came to his rescue. Because he's trying to get up. And they came and rushed over to him and said, Oh, brother so-so, are you okay? Can we help you? He said, get off me. He said, because I'm coming up out of this chair today. And lo and behold, the story said, He got a hold, pushed him up, Straight came to his legs. God healed him in that moment. Why do I tell that story? Because today could be a day. That could be a day. Well, you know, I've already prayed for that. Yes, but today could be that day. But I've already believed for it. Yes, but today could be that day. I've already tried that. Yes, but today could be that day. I've been bound by this for so long. Yes, but today could be that day where God could set you free. Turn to your neighbor and say, Today could be that day. It could be a day. You say, well, see, the skeptics say, nah, see, I don't know. I just don't feel like it today. Because you're going off how you feel. But God doesn't care about your feeling. He wants to know about your faith. Because to Him, it doesn't matter if you feel it or don't feel it. His simply is, will you believe? And so we find that the, we have this whole thing. He would have passed them by. But yet, why would He have passed them by? Why did He want to pass them by? Because God wants to see what your response is going to be. Because He responds to faith and hunger. He responds to faith and hunger. And so there are times God will test your faith and test your hunger. And He will pass you by but if there's something in you like that was in those disciples that day, because the scripture says, a little later, they cried out. They cried out. Cried out. Notice this: they didn't cry out in fear. Fear. Faith. They cried out in fear, but proves to me that wrapped in that fa- fear was actually some faith. Do you know? Sometimes you can doubt your way to a miracle. We all think that miracles have to be some great faith thing. I believe the Lord. Can I be honest with you? There's some miracles I receive like, you know what? I don't know if you're going to do them. I'm going to try it. You can doubt your way sometimes through a miracle. They doubted their way. They cried out in fear, but he didn't respond to their fear. He Pushed past the fear and saw that there was actually some faith there because his response to them was not an admonishment of their fear, but his response to them was their cry to their faith because he said, Be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. But watch what happens. And Peter. Answered him and said, Lord, as you command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus. My question to you is, What's your boat today? What's your boat? What are you in today that you're afraid to leave and step out on the water with Jesus? Is your f- boat today fear? Is your boat today doubt? Is your boat today shame? Is your boat today unbelief? Is your boat today your past? Whatever it is, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost, Jesus is in this place. And Jesus is saying, come, come. But you know what? In order to get to Jesus, you've got to get out of your boat. You've got to be willing to leave your boat behind. You've got to be willing to get out of your boat. And my question to you today, and only you can answer this today, is what's your boat? What is holding you? What's your identity? What do you think is your plea? Because you know what? They didn't have to trust in Jesus if they had the boat. But when you're out on the water, you've got nothing. Some people, their boat is their bank account. Some people, their boat is their job. Some people, their boat is a relationship. Some people, their boat is the clothes they wear, the car they drive. Some people, the boat is success, titles, positions. But notice this Jesus wants to know where you get out of your boat and come after me. Because as long as you stay in the boat, you're always going to keep a barrier between you and Jesus. As long as there's a boat in your life, there's always going to be a place between you and God that there's a barrier. You'll never get past. And what we've been on this journey the last number of weeks and months as God has taken Antioch West to a different level and God is beginning to awaken things and revival starting to happen and harvest is coming and we're growing. It's because God is getting some people who are willing to get out of the boat. The first boat that we had to get out of was the building. That was a boat to us. The building was a boat. And God said, will you come? Notice he didn't show up in the building. He wanted to know, will you get out of the boat? Because the boat is the building. And now that we've gotten out of the boat collectively, now the attention has turned to us individually. Now that we as a church, as a body has established that we are going to be water walkers and not boat dwellers. Hallelujah, I'm going to get a shirt. I'm a water walker. I want to be a water walker, not a boat dweller. This ain't no love boat or pleasure cruise. Get me on the water. Well, the problem is water. He sank. Yes, but he did walk. You can all, the skeptics are the one that pointed out he sank. But Peter was the only other person besides Jesus that walked on the water. But you see, God is beginning to do this thing in us. Because now, it's a collective thing. But now he's wanting to know as individuals. Now that we've left the collective boat, will you leave your boat? Woo! You see? Fear leaves us in a boat. Doubt leaves us in our boat. They were afraid, Brother Tromley. They didn't want to get out of the boat because they were fear of the outcome. Because they had determined that there was safer in the boat. You know what is safer, but you can find fruit on the end of the vine. You can't find fruit at the beginning of the vine. And today, the challenge of the Holy Ghost today is what's your boat? Right. And are you willing to get out of it? Well, I'm a, if Jesus, how about this? Because, you know, I, I, I've done this before. If He'd give me a sign. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if the Lord would just give me a sign. If He'd confirm His word to me, I'd do it. Yeah. Eh, it did not work that way. You can't bargain with God. You don't negotiate with him. He's a terrible negotiator. Because he holds all the chips. And you have nothing. So how can you negotiate when you've got nothing? He's like, you want to negotiate? What do you have to offer? Well, he's got all of it. There's no negotiation. He just wants you to know. Are you willing to leave the boat today? Are you willing to step out? Are you willing to go beyond where you've been before? I'm not talking about simply new people here. I'm talking about you, some people that you've been around a long time. But when you got here, you were a water walker. But now you've just become a dweller in a boat. You've forgotten what it's like to get your feet in that water. To step out on faith and to go where God has taken you. Even though others around you saying you're crazy, that's not going to work. But when you used to have that faith that said, you know what, if God is for me, who can be against me? And you may stay in that boat, but I'm going to walk on the water. Is there anybody in this place that you would say, God, awaken! the water walker in me. Don't let me be satisfied with being a boat dweller. Don't let me be satisfied with just row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. But God, let there be something awakened in me today that compels me to leave this boat behind and step out on the water with you. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. You know what? Guess what's happened at the, at small groups. We've had water walkers at small groups. We've had people say, guess what? I'd like to share something. And in that moment, what you didn't even realize was, as you lifted your hand and you began to talk, you weren't telling a story. You weren't sharing something. But you were actually walking on water with Jesus. At small group, we've seen water walkers. Because we've we've seen people say, I want to leave my shame behind. I want to leave my hurt behind. I want to leave the pain behind. And I want to walk on the water. Yes, I feel vulnerable. Yes, I feel like I'm exposed. But I want to get in the water with Jesus. Small group leaders, I challenge you have a group of water walkers. Don't be satisfied with having boat dwellers but challenge your people to become water walkers. Challenge them to get out of their comfort zone. Challenge them to break the bands of fear and doubt and unbelief and challenge them to say you know what if you can't walk alone, here guess what come on, look if one can put a thousand to flight, two we're going to walk on the water together because guess what, if I fall You're going to pick me back up. And we can walk on this water together. Stand with me today. Hallelujah. Come on, Jesus is passing in this place. Would you just lift your hands right where you are and say, God... I've got some fear, but I have faith. Here I am, Jesus. I don't want to be a boat dweller, but I want to be a water walker. Is there anybody right now? Come on. Are you going to let Jesus pass you by today? Or are you going to reach out and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. just for a moment, grab that person by the hand next to you say, listen let's do this together we're not in this alone, come on let's be a water walker together let's be a water walker together let's get out of the boat together let's not stay in the boat but let's get out of the boat yes 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 rise up faith in this place I bind every spirit of fear, I bind every spirit of doubt, I lose the spirit of faith in this place. Oh, I want to be a water walker, I want to be a water walker. I want to get out of the water, I want to step out of the boat, I don't want to stay in this boat. I don't want to be defined by this boat. But God, by your help and grace, I want to get out of this boat. Yes.